Arise Ladies Conference. Many of you went to that. Hopefully you enjoyed it, right? It was a great time together and uh, all of our campuses coming together under one roof and enjoying that and spending that time together. Uh, Well, good morning. My name is Ray. I'm one of the pastors here at New City serving alongside you and we're glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, If you would, if you're on the inside of the aisle, there might be, should be a clipboard and if you would pass that down the aisle. If it's already made it down the aisle, we can grab you another one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. And so if you would just sign your name there and that lets us know if you're here and we can just keep track of you. Now that sounds terrible that we want to keep track of you, but here's the thing. Okay. The reason is that we have a vision statement by 2020 that in our church you are known and that you know that you are known. Right? And so when you go missing for a couple of weeks, we have a team that gives you a ring and just wants to check up on you and make sure everything's okay. All right? And so that's the reason that we do that here at our campus. Okay? Now, we've been walking through this series called Believe, right? And we're walking through this, this look at kind of the things that we believe. Like, what do we truly believe. And I want you to understand this morning, like if you haven't grabbed a book yet, you're not going to be the oddball out. Like we're still each week kind of picks up on its own. Okay. And so what we're talking about though, this morning is something pretty great, or at least I think it's pretty great, but it's the Bible. Okay. The Bible and what we believe about the Bible. And so here is kind of our key statement that you will, or you, if you will, for the week. Okay. I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God that guides my beliefs and actions. Okay? So let me say that again. I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God that guides my beliefs and actions. Now here's what I want to do this morning, first off. Okay? I want to kind of set us a standard, if you will, for this thought. Okay? Because here's the thing. If we are truly making this statement and believing this statement then something is going to have to change, okay? And you say, well, why do you say that? Because the stats don't show that, right? The stats don't show that. So I've got a little graph up here for you, okay? And in 2017, January of 17, they've actually already done one for 18, but they didn't have a graph like this, okay? But the Barna Research Group uh, did a study of multiple people and asked them, okay, how often do you engage the Bible? Now, to help you out, I'm going to put you in one of these groups across the top, okay? So millennials are 18 to 32. Gen Xers are 33 to 51. Boomers are 52 to 70. And then elders are 71 and older, Okay, so that's your group. So now you know which group you're in, okay? Now, as we're walking down the left side, I want to give you an idea of what that means on the left side, okay? So Bible engaged is this. They view view the Bible as the actual and inspired word of God with no errors, okay? And they read, use, or listen to the Bible at least four times a week or more, okay? So that's that top line. Then Bible-friendly. They view the Bible as the actual and inspired word of God with no errors, and they read, use, or listen to the Bible fewer than four times per week. Okay? Then Bible neutral. They view the Bible as the inspired word of God, but has maybe some factual or historical errors. Okay? And they read, use, or listen to the Bible one time a month or less. And then the Bible skeptic. All right, the Bible skeptic is the one who is skeptical of the Bible and never engages the Bible. Okay? Now, here's the interesting thing about the people they polled 87% of the people they polled have at least one Bible 
in their household. Okay? They have at least one Bible. In fact, the average per household was three Bibles. And as I read that stat, I'm looking over at my bookshelf, and there's like a shelf of Bibles. And I'm like, why do I have so many Bibles? Like, let's give those things away, right? Let's give those to other people. But here's the thing, okay? The next thing they found out was this. They asked the question, are you curious about what the Bible says? And look what happened. Look what came up. 66% of people said, yes, I'm curious about what the Bible says. But if you go back to the other graph, we don't ever engage it. We don't ever step into it. So over a majority of people polled are curious about the Bible, but they never really spend a lot of time in it. That's like saying, you know what, I'm curious about the taste of chocolate, but I don't know that I'm ever going to try it. Right? Or like, you know what, I really love travel and I love other cities and states, but I ain't leaving. Like that's ultimately what they're saying, right? I'm curious about what's in there, but I don't know that I'm going to open it up and read it. I don't know that I'm going to spend any time in it, but I'm sure curious about what's over there. I'm curious about what's in it. Now, here's the thing, okay? So when we break down these, this thing we call the Bible, the scriptures, okay? It's a unique, unique Book. Now, Bible itself is biblios in Greek. It means book. Okay, so, okay, that makes sense. It's a book. It's the Bible, right? And here's the thing about it. Like, when we break it down, here's what the Bible looks like, okay? It's actually 66 books put together, okay? Divided into two testaments or segments, Old Testament and New. But here's where the Bible gets unique, okay? The Bible is written, in 40, written by 40 different people over three continents, Okay? In three different languages over the period of 1,400 years. You go, well, okay, that's pretty cool. But here's what's even cooler about that is that there's a seamless story of redemption of these people coming back to God himself. A seamless story. Without error or without wrong. But here's the thing, okay? The Old Testament, when we break it down, the Old Testament speaks of this anticipation of this coming one. And then the New Testament speaks of the realization of his very presence. Like he is here and now. But here's the thing, okay? Why then should I declare such a bold statement about this book over any other book on my bookshelf, right? That it is the word of God and that it guides all my beliefs and all my actions. Like what makes this different? You see, because the Bible has a lot of different faces, Like some people look at the Bible just from the point of, okay, it's historical context and that's great information for me to take take in. Some people look at the Bible from the standpoint of, you know what, it's good writing, right? Like there's some great poetry in there, there's some great stories and there's some great moral value from it if I could just take that and apply it to my life. But here's the thing, again, what makes it different from any other? And maybe you've thought about it this way, and maybe you haven't, but let me put it this way, all right? And I'm going to explain as I say this. This is God speaking to us with great authority and purpose. It's God speaking to us with great authority and purpose. Now, have you ever thought about the Bible in that way, okay? God speaking directly to you, because here's the thing about God's Word. It helps us understand who you are, okay, where you are, and how to get where you're going. Okay, let me say that again. Who you are, where you are, 
and how to get where you're going. Now, you may not be aware of this truth, but here's the thing. If you ask someone who's truly engaged in the Bible, they can confirm that for you. That yes, this can tell you who you are, where you are, and how you're going. Now, this past week, we read in our books this this scripture of 2 Timothy 3.10. Okay, And here's that scripture. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, here's the thing about that scripture, okay? There's a lot of information in there. And when we break it down, look here, what it shows us. It shows us the authority of God in his scriptures and the purpose of his writing, okay? Now, you say, well, I don't have any trust or belief in the scripture. Well, let me continue. Hold on. Don't, don't give up on me yet, okay? Because here's what, the, here's what the scriptures do. They speak of themselves, okay? So they speak of themselves. So if you think about in the court of law, okay, a particular person who, who is on the stand has an opportunity to speak on their own behalf, right? They have an opportunity to speak on their own behalf, whether it be in defense or it be in like confirmation of what is being said. They have an opportunity. Well, guess what? The scriptures take advantage of that opportunity. They speak of themselves. And so all through scripture, we see statements like, God says, and scripture says, and the Lord spoke saying, and thus saith the Lord. Or we see something like, all scripture is God breathed. You see, the scriptures speak of its own authority. It is God's spoken word in text. All right, now, here's the thing. How do we respond to those statements? Right? That's really the battle. It's not necessarily okay hearing it, but actually, how do we respond to those statements? So this morning, if you're, if you're taking notes, or I would encourage you to take notes here, we're going to look at three ways that we tend to respond. Okay? Three ways that we tend to respond to this thing called the Bible. His word, these scriptures. Okay? The first one is this, is that we ignore God's word. Right? Pretty self-explanatory. Like, we just ignore the scriptures. Now, what does that do for us? Okay? And, like, if we look back at those stats, that's a pretty popular one. Right? A lot of folks don't engage the scriptures. They don't spend time in God's word. But here's what that allows us to do. We don't have to open the Bible. We don't have to read the Bible. We don't have to spend time in the Bible. But also, it offers us this awesome opportunity for us to set up who we are, where we are, and where we're going, right? We're not relying on this thing. We're relying on ourselves and what that begins to look like. And we are able to then be the one that sets it, who I am, where I am, and where I'm going. But here's the thing, okay? If we think back a couple weeks ago, we talked about God being a personal God, like a God who cares about our daily lives, interacts with us on a daily basis, okay? And if he is truly a personal God, and he's making claims in Scripture such as this, okay? How happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path of sinners, or join a group of mockers, but instead his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears its fruit in season, and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Or even God says something like this to a fellow by the name of Joshua. He says, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything 
written in it. But yet the person who ignores the scripture says, I don't need it. I don't need it. But yet, again, God speaking through his scriptures is desiring for us what? To be in it, to meditate on it, and to soak it into our hearts. All right? So the first way is that we simply just ignore it. The second is this, is that we look at it as a list of rules. Okay? A list of rules. So a minute ago, when I read 2 Timothy 3, here's what you heard, okay? Like all scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The only words that you heard there were rebuking and correcting. Like that's what God's word is to me. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't often go sit by my fireplace and pull up an instruction manual and get all warm and cozy with an instruction manual, right? But I go to the instruction manual when I'm in a place of desperation, when I need something fixed or something is troubled, and the manual is the only way that I know how to answer that question. But even sometimes, here's the thing, we get into that place of desperation, we get into that place of frustration, we get into that place of questioning, and we simply go to the scriptures and we're like, well, all I'm seeing is rules. And not only rules, but you're asking me to do all of them right. Like, where do I get to mess up on those rules? Right? And here's the thing. When we look at the Word of God in such a way, it's really hard for me to want to go and sit down and begin to look through it and scan it and find the things that the Lord's saying to me. If all they are is simple rules. And so when we engage the Word in that way, like all it becomes for me is a list of things that I have to do. And again, have to do them right. But here's the thing. Okay? I'm a list person. Like I love lists. I love the satisfaction of drawing that line through whatever I've accomplished. Like, I love lists, right? But here's the thing, okay? If we view God as this personal God who is desiring relationship with us, I'm not going to have a relationship with him through lists. Like, imagine that for a second, okay? If I walk home and my spouse is like, my wife, she's like, hey, glad you're home. Here's your list of things you do so that I'll love you. Like, that doesn't work, does it? No, we have to have relationship beyond just simply the list. Relationships are not built on lists, okay? And here's the thing. Like, he is a loving, personal God, and he's wanting to speak to you through this, his word, the Bible, okay? He doesn't speak through just simply lists and rules. But there's far more in play here, okay? Now, the third and final way that we could look at the Bible. We could look at the Bible as our guide, okay? The Bible as our guide. Now, let's look back at 2 Timothy 3. All Scripture is God-breathed, okay? There's the authority, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay, so thoroughly equipped for every good work. So you're equipped and you're ready for the journey, right? You're ready for the journey. And so we see this long journey that is ahead and that opens up our view and perspective of God's word. Because now it's not just simply the day to day, but it's also, hey, he has a plan and he has a long plan out in front of me and ready for me. But here's the thing, okay? When I take the scriptures and I engage them in that way, here's what I find. I find that this word is alive and active. I find that this word is able to penetrate the heart. And I find that this word is able to actually look into the thoughts and attitudes of my heart. Right? And then we come to this place of 
going, okay, like this is why God said I need to do this. This is why God said I need to meditate on his word. Now, in our discipleship uh, process, in our pathway, we talk about this idea of obedience to God and what he's asking you to do, right? And so if we're engaging your word, that's what he, or his word, that's what he's asking us to do, okay? But in this obedience piece, all right, we're sitting with Jesus, right? We're not sitting out here on our own, but we're sitting with Jesus. And so in our discipleship, we talk about these seven areas that we allow him to be over. Because here's the thing, okay? We have these seven areas in our life that we have influences pouring into those areas. So here's the seven areas, all right? We have spiritual, our spiritual life, our relational life, our work, our money, our entertainment, our government, and our education. So let's take one of those for a minute and break it down, all right? So let's, oh, let's take a fun one, like government, okay? So think about the influences in your personal life that speak into your view of government and what it should be. All right, so let me give you some examples. TV, right? Whichever station's your favorite or whichever one you flip around to, it can impact your view of the government, right? Podcasts, particular people, media, all of those different things speak into and influence your idea of government. Now, here's the thing, okay? If we go back to that list, there's another one, the way of, that we work, right? Like what influences the way that you work. Maybe it's just you have a good boss or a bad boss, right? Or how much money you make or like the promotion that you did or didn't get. All these things that you have in front of you, that determines how you work. But look here, you have all these different voices trying to speak into your life and direct you in the way that you need to go in each of those seven areas. Now, I saw a perfect example of this yesterday at my son Graham's basketball game. All right. This kid had the ball and he's dribbling down the court. And like I think about it right here, right? Like dribbling down the court. He gets into the middle, like about the free throw line and he picks up the ball. Now he's stuck, right? But here's the thing. Every kid on his team runs up and goes, pass me the ball, pass me the ball. All the parents are yelling, pass the ball, pass the ball. The coach is yelling, pass the ball, pass the ball, right? The coach on the other team's yelling, get your hands up, get your hands up. And this kid takes the ball, looks around in a panic, and just chunks it. (laughs) But imagine if he just had one voice speaking into his life, telling him who to pass it to and what to do, right? And imagine how much easier these areas of our life would be if we only had one voice that we needed to please, one voice that we're listening to, and one voice that's directing us. Now... Here's the thing, okay? When we take God's word seriously, our lives begin to drastically change. But I think, when what I've seen in ministry is this, is a lot of people go to this place of the scriptures. They actually engage the scriptures and they find out that they might have to change. So then what do they do? They slide it to the side. Until what? Till a point of desperation till a time that they need help and they know that it can help and they go there or they just say, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to change. And they just simply set it on the shelf. So this morning, here's what I want. Here's what I want to help you do. Okay. Or maybe hopefully help you do right. 
But as we talk about these seven areas of life, okay, I want to give you two scriptures to go with each. And then I'm going to kind of challenge you this week, all right, to actually engage the scriptures and go see what these things say. All right? So to spend time in the Word. And some of them, if you're reading through the Believe book, okay, you may see some of these or have seen some of these. But the first one is this, okay? So in your bulletins, you actually have an area there to write that out, okay? So there's a place there, seven areas of life. And what I'd like for you to do is write those verses there, but also think through, okay, what are the things that influence my life in those areas? Like, be real with yourself, okay? Is it always podcasts that are affecting the way that you think about government and the things that are going on? That's okay. But let's begin to maybe look at what the scriptures say about that. All right? So the first place that we're going to go is in our spiritual lives. All right? So here's your first one. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Okay? Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. And then also John 15, 4 through 5. Now I want to read John 15 to you because it says this. It says, Remain in me and I in you. And just as a branch is unable to, excuse me, to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. And the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. You see, his desire is for us to remain in him. Right? And a great way for us to do that is through his scriptures. Sitting and abiding with Him. All right, the next one is our area of relational. So, our relationships and the people around us, okay? And so, 1 Peter 3 8 through 9, and John 13 12 through 15 are our verses for that. So, 1 Peter 3 8 through 9, just for you to maybe take this with you this week. Finally, all of you are to be like minded and sympathetic. Love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing since you were called for this so that you may inherit a blessing. Right? How can you take that into your week? Being like-minded and sympathetic. Okay? The next one is our area of work and the way that we work. So Colossians 3.23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. But also Exodus 20, verse 8 through 10. All right, this idea of taking a rest, this idea of taking a Sabbath and keeping it holy, setting apart a day to rest, okay? The next one is this area of money. Oh boy, here we go. Right? Mark 12, 41 through 44, and 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8. And then the area of entertainment. Am I going too fast? You good? Oh, sorry, we'll slow down. Back up to money. Yes, sir. Mark 12, 41 through 44. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8. All right? Next one is this. Entertainment. 2 Timothy 2, 22. And Ephesians 5, 15 through 18. Pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Here we go. Everybody swallow hard. The next one. Government. <laughs> 1 Timothy 2, 1-4. through And Romans 13, 1-2. through 
In 1 Timothy 2, I, I found kind of interesting. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. And pray this way for the kings and all those in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good. And it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Right? And then finally, our education. Our wisdom, our thoughts, and our minds. Okay? So Proverbs 24, 3-6 a house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. And then Psalm 1, 1 through 3. And we read that at the beginning of our talk here this morning. Like, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers? Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree. Planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. And whatever he does prospers. Right? A tree sitting next to flowing streams. Now, some of you know that in my past life, I was a landscaper. Right? I did landscaping. So plant references like this really stick out to me. And sticking a plant by a flowing stream of water where it can flourish, right? Like that's the idea is that the plant can flourish and bear what? Bear much fruit. So where does he say that we find that? We find that in the Lord's instruction and meditating on it day and night. But here's the thing about those scriptures that we just walked through. Like that's just a taste of what this holds, right? Like that's two verses Per each of these seven areas. Like there is far more within the scriptures for you to take and to add to your life. But again, it'll begin to change things because this word is alive and active, okay? But here's the thing that I hope you discover, okay? Each time you open your Bible, that you'll better understand who you are, where you are, and how to get where you're going. Because here's the fun fact, okay? If we choose to actually buy in and read his scriptures, it's going to begin to happen. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. Like as someone who spends time in the scripture, you're going to see those areas begin to grow. Okay? And hopefully through that, you'll be able to say this. I believe that the Bible is inspired word of God, and it will guide my beliefs and my actions. Right? It will guide my beliefs and my actions. Now... There's a couple of things this morning, okay? The first one is this. I gave you homework a little bit, right? So you can walk through those scriptures this week. But here's the other cool thing. If you haven't gotten a Believe book or you have a Believe book, guess what? I say it every week. It's 90% scripture. Like, it's all scripture. So you're walking through scripture. And as you've been walking through these past weeks, hopefully you have seen in that, like, what the scriptures say about these different areas that we're walking through, Okay? And so if you haven't purchased a Believe book, I want to encourage you. They're still for sale back there in the back. And read through and take that this week. But also, if you're like, okay, I'm not sure about the Believe book yet, but you have these scriptures, okay, let's walk through those scriptures this week and see what they show us in each of those areas. All right? So that's kind of your homework and your challenge for this week. Now, as the band comes back up, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk into our, just our time of offering, our time of giving, Okay? And here's what I want to, I just want to like commend you, all right, and just kind of celebrate what happened this past week in your giving, 
Like each of you was very diligent. Now I want you to understand on the front end, like I don't know like who gives what, okay? I just know the total number that lands on my desk, okay? But that number that landed on my desk is far greater than it has been the other weeks. So thank you. Like I just want to say thank you. And from that, like we have an awesome opportunity to pour into Merriam Park this coming week. Okay, so on Friday night, we have our Merriam Park Chili Outreach. And Merriam Park has opened up their doors and said, hey, you can come do whatever you want to do. And so we're cooking them chili, okay? And we're just going to love on those folks over at Merriam Park, our other school partner. And we've got an awesome opportunity to do that this Friday night. Thank you for those of you who have signed up to cook chili and to do that. Uh, We need like maybe two or three more volunteers, and I think we'll be good. But it's looking like it's going to be a great night. Okay, and an opportunity for us. But guess what? We only get to do that because you give, <laughs> right? Like we only get to pour into our city because you give. So thank you for that. Okay, let me pray for us and then we'll continue in our worship. So Father, we just lift this time to you. Lord, may it be a time that we just celebrate this word that you've given us. Lord, we celebrate the, the scriptures that you've given us and the truths and the promises that are there. And Lord, if we're in a place that we're not engaging your word, I pray that you just prick our hearts a little bit this week to step into your word. Lord, it won't be going from no engagement to seven days a week engagement. Like that's not, that's not realistic. But Lord, maybe this week we step into your scriptures once or twice. And Lord, we just begin to allow it to set into our lives and to maybe even change something in our life. But Lord, in that, I pray that we will be obedient to that change. And Father, for those of us who maybe look at this as a list of rules and and the things that you're asking us to do and they just seem so not attainable, Lord, I just pray that we will sit and soak in the grace of your son, Jesus. Lord, in the fact that we are each and every one sinners, but yet you sent your son to die on a cross for us and to cover us with his blood in a way to bring us redemption. Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, may you lead us through that in the scriptures about that grace and that love that you have for us. And Lord, as we ask you to guide us with your word, Father, first off, we have to step into it. We have to listen to you speak and to hear you speak. And so, Lord, may we do that this week. May our ears be open. May our time be open where we can step into your word. Lord, and as the stats say, we're curious about it. But Father, may we be so curious that we desire to open the pages and to read the words. Lord, and to see your Holy Spirit speak to us through that. So Father, we just give this week to you. May it be a week that we just draw even a step closer to you and what you have for us. And Lord, as we give our offering, we thank you for the things that you've given us. Lord, this opportunity to give back to you. And Lord, to just thank you for what you provide us and the provision that you offer us. And Lord, we thank you for this sweet time together. May it be a sweet week for us as well. And we give these things to you in your son's name. Amen.